Hey everyone, it is Trang here, and welcome back to my podcast, Tape This, where I interview local artists and learn more about them. So today I have EJ Calderon with me. Hi EJ, how are you? Good, how about yourself? I'm good. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like this is probably the first time that we've really had a, a conversation. You yeah. know, I've seen you around, around the scene and everything, but first time that we're talking. Yeah, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's, uh surreal actually to find like you know have a true conversation and whatnot it's just like oh hey i think i remember you from so and so yeah for sure <laughs> that's actually the reason i started this podcast because i just i see so many you know people around and it's like oh yeah i know you from so and so shows but like we've never actually talked but i also see on on social media and i'm like you know i want to get to know everyone in the scene so i appreciate you coming in and um let's go ahead and get started uh, first, if you don't mind just starting off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Okie doke. Uh, so, uh, I'm EJ Calderon. I lived here in Arlington for the last, it'll be 20 years on August 28th. I moved here from Garden City, Kansas, and uh, I've just kind of enjoyed my time here as much as anyone else can. I mean, I've seen, you know, Arlington be something very small and what felt small, and then now it's just this, like, bigger-than-life city and whatnot so it's, it's really surreal in that regard but at the same time it's um just beautiful uh i went to i grew up here went to high school here went to college here and you know it's my home yeah. <laughs> this is truly home now you know i always say my hometown my hometown was like oklahoma city or mm-hmm. garden city kansas but now it's like no it's it's truly arlington Aww. it's it's texas i'm a texan now so when did you when did you just like when did you start feeling like that Oh man, so I originally was gonna go to school in Pennsylvania for music, oh, wow. and uh, when I was in Pennsylvania, I just would not shut up about Texas. <laughs> and then I realized, I'm like, oh man, that is home, isn't it? And that was in 2013, and it didn't really hit me again until probably about 2017, 2016, 2017. And uh, I was, I just would not shut up about Texas again. And I was in Indiana for my fraternity, for one of our conferences, meetings, and whatnot. And I was just. I would not shut up about Texas. <laughs> and we were in Arkansas, you know, my girlfriend had this past week with her family, and uh-huh. I would not shut up about Texas either. And I just, it's home. Wow. <laughs> it's really home. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, you said you've been here for the past 20 years. So when did you move here? How old were you? I was six years old. Oh, um, wow. I moved here, and then, like, from a super duper small town, like, the population could fit inside of, like, six flags at the time. I mean, it's a much bigger city now. They have the Buffalo Wild Wings there now, so. I think they're making it up <laughs> on their up and up now. But um, yeah, we moved here when I was six in 2001, first grade. And um, yeah, it was just really interesting and just completely different from what it was over there. And the school system, everything is just wow. completely different. I mean, what did you notice was different from Arkansas? Uh, Kansas. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, we just visit our Kansas. No, I'm sorry. Just kidding, between, y'all. <laughs> the Arkansas from Lisa's past week in here is like, you know, it's a. Uh, there's no mountains. There's a lot of mountainous mm-hmm. area in Arkansas, but Kansas, from where we lived, was um, the things that I do remember is that I remember the first thing I said as a kid I was like, "It is so hot here," and Texas oh, was so yeah. much hotter. It was a humid heat, and that was ridiculous. But the biggest difference that I saw, at least with the school systems, was the amount of effort that teachers were putting into our growth as students in first grade and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and their care, they they put a lot more emphasis on wow. it, and yeah, and it just was. It was nice and refreshing because in Kansas, I don't really remember. I mean, I went through kindergarten and pre-K there, but 
kindergarten, I almost failed, funny enough. What? I, kindergarten? They almost failed me in kindergarten. <laughs> For what? I could not For make not a, drawing? I could, <laughs> it, yes, it actually was. I could not make a perfect <gasps> circle. No. And my mom's argument was, okay, then you make, like, was telling the teacher, then you make a perfect circle. Are you serious? It's, yeah, and then they're like, well, we... She's like, if, how can you hold these expectations to a five, six-year-old when you can't even do it? Wow. So they almost failed me for that in kindergarten. But, you know, Texas, I think they just cared if I could pass the tax test or not. Yeah. The benchmark test. <laughs> oh. Those were always so stressful as a child. <laughs> oh. Awesome. Well, that's that's cool. I'm glad you're here in Texas, you know, in the scene and everything. Um, when did you When did you decide or realize that you wanted to do music? Um... So, it was my freshman year of high school, I really realized that I wanted to do music a little bit more, but I remember seeing my high school band director, Mr. Pease, he was actually doing the recordings for our band concerts, and I was like, oh, that's super cool, what's this? And he kind of like told me a little bit of things here and there, and I was like, I'm going to do that in college. Oh. And then another year went on, I was like, I don't want to be in band anymore, I don't want to do this, I want to focus on running. Oh, you did... Uh, I was, like track. Yeah, yeah, I was a cross-country runner in high school in track, and then I realized, I'm like, I don't want to do that, so I went back to, I stayed in band, and um, junior year of high school, you know, PSATs and all that stuff came out, and I thought about it, I was like, what do I really want to do? I need to kind of start figuring it out, and I want to credit my buddy, Zach Lewis, who was like, hey, you should, like, look into music school. Like, I'm thinking about going to these places, same with my friends who were two years older than me, you know, Zach Riley, Aaron White, Trey Grothouse, those guys, and Matt Hamsey, all those guys were super, and Rachel, sorry, she's going to get mad if I don't bring her up, of <laughs> course, but those people were really pertinent. I'm like, hey, you should probably, like, start looking into it, because those were, like, people that I looked up to, and, like, it's time for college. You need to kind of start thinking about it, because, I mean, my mom was like, you need to go to college. I was the first generation Mexican-American to go to college. Mm-hmm. Wow, and, congratulations. Uh, well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and um, coming from a father who was an immigrant from Mexico yeah. and a mother who was a single mother and whatnot, she was mm-hmm. second generation Mexican-American. She was a first generation, and I was the first generation on my dad's side and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that pressure was on me to like be the emphasis to be better for right. myself and my family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, she just said, I'm going. She didn't tell me what I have to do. She just said, I have to go. So... <laughs> My friends were like, you need to figure something out. And I thought, I'm like, okay, what do I care about? And I thought about, I like music. So why don't I just go to music school? And um, it was probably my junior year of high school that I truly committed to wanting to go to, to college for music and just wanted to be a musician. That's when I started really considering myself a musician. Wow. So it's been a long road. Uh, I mean, fifth grade, I did orchestra. Okay. And I just thought, what school like, did you go to? So for elementary school, I went to Wimbish Elementary, mm-hmm. and then I went to Shackleford Junior High, okay. and then I went to Lamar High School. Okay. So and then I went to UTA. So I didn't leave like the same three mile radius for school. Yeah. For like the last, <laughs> you know, now 15, 20 years or so, and yeah, and uh, yeah, orchestra in fifth grade, and I realized like this isn't loud enough. This isn't aggressive enough. I want to be louder. <laughs> and uh, so then I went to band. I played trumpet, and then they wanted me to play tuba in seventh oh, grade. Oh wow! So I started so playing you're always tuba. Brass. Yeah, I was always a brass player, and then uh, picked up bass, trombone, um, junior year of high school, and then trumpet back again in my senior year of high school. So, how interesting! I want to point out something too. You know, like I think it's interesting that you did track, um, or I'm sorry, uh, cross country and track. But you decided to go with band because, you know, there's that whole cliche of like band kids being nerds and then like, you know, the athletes being the cool kids. So what, you know, what made you love band so much that you wanted to continue? So with cross country, I mean, I was a pretty decent runner. Um, I never, this sounds funny enough, but like, I just never, 
wanted to put so much effort into it as much as I did music. Like I didn't see the, with cross country, I saw always a time limit or like a time constraint in my life of that I can do it. Like, okay, let's say I finish running in, in high school. Okay, I'm good enough to go to college. Great. And then like, what do I do after that? Like, mm. there's not, for me, I didn't see that. I mean, for other people it works and whatnot, but for me personally, I couldn't. But for band, I just saw like, that's something I could do the rest of my life. Wow. Once I learned that foundation, I can, if I wanted to, if I wanted to right now, I can go to a store and buy a clarinet and learn how to play clarinet because <laughs> I can already read music and yeah. I just figure like that's a hobby that's never ending and it's yeah. a lifelong lesson and wow. that's kind of where I was with music and what I always thought like, I don't know, it's being in those two different groups of people, cross country guys were like a very crude, not very um, engaging humor Okay, gotcha. and it just wasn't as fun for me. I mean, it was fun, you know. You just didn't guy. connect much with the the others? Yeah, I connected with them, but then I realized, like, I, gr- I gravitated more towards, like, my my best friend in the world, one of them, and uh, Matt Stanifer, like, him and I, like, once he graduated high school, I realized, I'm like, I don't really like these guys. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. He was two years older than me, also, he was same with that other group of people, but, like, once I graduated, once he graduated, I was like, I don't want to, um, I, I don't really connect with these people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel a drive to be, like, the captain of this these mm-hmm. guys. I don't feel any drive in that case. So then I yeah. went to band, and I was like, there's just room to grow. There's so much more fun to be here, wow, to be done here. That's awesome. I I also feel like that's a, a mentality mentality that a lot of first generation um, children, you know, of immigrants have. Like where we, because our parents sacrificed so much for us, we're like we need to, you know, have something sustainable. Yeah, exactly. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. So what um, what inspired you to join band? Like, where were you? Like, let me just pick up a trumpet or a trombone. Like, when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to play trumpet because, you know, a lot of these people say like Maynard Ferguson or like, you know, others and whatnot. Sorry, I'm blanking on other famous trumpet players and <laughs> no whatnot. Worries. Please no. Or <laughs> Gabe from Artemis Funk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I really, so my mom and I used to listen to cumbia music and uh, we listened to the Cumbia Kings a lot when oh, I was younger. Oh, okay. And uh, they had a song from... I forgot what, what album it was. I think it was like their fourth album. They have a really good trumpet player, and um, I wanted to play trumpet. I want to play trumpet just like that. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of what made me pick trumpet. And it was like loud. It was fun. It was just so much stylistically and whatnot. Yeah. And I always, I always wanted to play the flugelhorn just because I like the name of it, and I also just liked how it sounded. And I always wanted to be like Chuck Mangione. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that was a, that was another reason why I wanted to pick trumpet because then I can like slowly move over to that. That's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> so I know you mentioned that you did, you know, middle school band orchestra <laughs> and then you went to high school band. Did you like the, the marching aspect of it as well? I loved marching bands so much that I wanted to do drum corps. Drum oh, corps wow. Yeah, I really wanted to do drum corps. Um, I auditioned for a lot of different corps. Um, but something always kind of happened uh, anytime I would go and try to do one, you know. When I was my senior in high school, I was auditioning for Crossman with Zach Riley, and I got in a car accident. I just couldn't pay for it. Um, and then, you know, I was in 2011. I think that would have been 2011. Yeah. Um, so that was 2013 for Crossman. 2011, I backtrack a little bit. This is where I met Colby Kelly, the drummer of Freo Trio, actually. Mm-hmm. We um, we were going to Revolution Drum Mule Corps, and. Um, we did the whole thing and that's where I met Colby but I was 16 I was on Accutane mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> that caused a lot of skin conditions for mm-hmm. me 
And um, you couldn't be out in the sun. Can't, I, and I, you know, I, we asked my dermatologist, like, yeah, your you should looks be. looks awesome. Oh, thank you. No, my <laughs> torso is a little much, but uh, thank you. Exfoliate. I use a, nice. a sugar scrub that my girlfriend <laughs> oh. has. Oh, no. I, oh, shout out to Jade. Yeah, shout out to Jade. No, I was like, man, this stuff is awesome. <laughs> oh, but now she's going to hear this. She's going to rub it on my face again. <laughs> but I loved it. Um, but we, she said it was fine for me to bounce sunlight as long as I put on uh, sunscreen. And, you know, mm-hmm. like that didn't work so like i got sick mm-hmm. um you know it was like some some parts of my skin like, we had to like make sure that they weren't that they weren't tumors or anything oh, like wow. benign or anything wow. like that so like moles and whatnot yeah. and uh i just couldn't do it mm-hmm. and um that's what happened with that and then you know like i was gonna do other cores and whatnot it just became a money issue mm-hmm. um because i mean i was in college like i didn't I was already working to pay my way through college. I yeah. didn't have an extra five grand to go and do this other stuff. But mm-hmm. That's that. I mean, I love marching band, and I still want to work with the arts and whatnot if I can. You know, as a sound tech to help them out, like help out high schools that don't really have a lot of resources oh, or whatnot. That's awesome. That'd be something I'd really love to work with and whatnot. So. Yeah, I I was also in marching band, and you know, it's just a different community, um, like you know we're all like sweating outside and stuff it's like it's a very um what do you call it like very uh where you feel connected with everyone because y'all are all going through it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. where'd you go to high school i went to summit high school oh okay over in mansfield yes awesome Mm -hmm. okay yeah i was we lived in arlington but like it was that borderline like right there so it's that cut off where summit is i mean in that case you would have probably went to like seguin or something Yeah, yeah i think so so let's see here. Um, with college, because I know you you spoke yes. about you know doing band in college. Um, what, remind me what college you went to. You said UTA. I went to UTA. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, how was band for that? It was intense. Um, I loved, I loved it. Um, you know, I got to give a shout out to my professor Ed Jones for, I won't even say, to, to put it bluntly, dealing with me. Um, you know, I had a lot going on during college and whatnot, you know, I had my boss that I really cared about. He passed away and that was like really difficult Mm -hmm. and uh, that affected me for a while. And, uh, I had some personal stuff going through at that time. And, um, I just wasn't giving my all until like the last maybe year or so of Mm -hmm. like lessons. I really kind of gave it my all and he saw that. And, um, I think, I'm not sure. Ed, if you're listening, I know that I'm sorry for being a bad tube player (laughs) and whatnot, but, um, I loved it. Um, I probably didn't put as much as I should have into it, but I did love it. And probably my last two years of college, I was, I realized that, well, my last two semesters, I had to actually sell my tuba <gasps> to pay for school. Oh, so, okay. Gotcha. Because I was running out of money. Yeah. Uh, so I had to sell my tubas to pay for school and I started being an ensemble, but I didn't have a tuba anymore. So I joined mm. choir and, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I, and I fell in love with choir because I was like, this is so new to me. This is so crazy. I'm like, this is that so is, much fun. That is so cool. So it sounds like, you know, just overall, like you, music, arts, things like that. Like that's just been you. And we were going to, you were going to fail kindergarten for not drawing a circle. Yeah. But um, <laughs> look where you are now as an artist. Yeah. No one's asked me to draw anything yet. And right. I'm just, just flying by through it. Oh my gosh. So uh, how is like, what, what is different? Or how would you say college band is different from high school band? Because I remember my band directors always made it a big deal. Like, in college, they're not going to accept this, blah, blah, blah. So you said it was more intense? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, like, so I don't know if you took lessons in high school. But, like, lessons in high school, it's like, okay, you give your lesson teachers 
his 60 bucks so he can <laughs> give you your lesson, your 30-minute yeah. lesson for every week and whatnot. Uh-huh. But in college, it's like, you're going to fail. <laughs> like, oh, if you're not practicing, like, that's fine, but you're going to get screamed at, which happened to me oh. a lot. Like, you're going to get yelled at for mm-hmm. an hour. And you're going to sit in there and just realize, like, I didn't put enough time and effort into this. Wow. And, like, it's it's a, an accountability thing. Like, yeah. there's no accountability. I think that's the biggest thing between high school band and college band is accountability. Like, in high school band, you can... I, I don't remember practicing too much in high school for my, like, ensemble music. I practiced a lot of my solo music and my mm-hmm. technique, but I didn't work on, like ensemble music in college like you got to practice that stuff because if you show up to rehearsal and like you don't know your stuff like it is they're gonna call you yeah out. oh they're gonna call you out they're gonna then i mean then they're gonna tell you your professor is gonna find another like why because then it's why aren't you practicing like why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that yeah. and then you're like oh wow because i wanted to go watch yeah. <laughs> breaking bad and you're like well yeah wow. no essentially yeah it, it's accountability that is the biggest difference between college and high school band is accountability yeah so and i mean it differs from each university and whatnot mm-hmm. so and how long were you there um what years were you were you doing college band for so i went to uta from 2014 to fall 2014 to fall 2019 but i went to tcc for um fall 2013 and spring 2014 and you did band at tcc as well I attempted to. The only issue with that was that it wasn't like truly band. It was like little ensembles here and there. And I just didn't have the time for it because I was taking 18 hours and then working a full-time job because I was just really trying to just get as much done there as I could so I can go to uh, UTA and kind of start my career there. Oh, yeah. And so during all of this, when did you... Because you do audio engineering. So when did you decide... Like, how did that come about? So that's actually a really funny story. I... Got to UTA as a music composition, music theory major. Okay. And then I realized, like, I don't think I can hack it because I didn't. I was looking at my peers and whatnot, and, like, these guys have already written pieces. Like, I don't even have pieces written. And I don't know if I'm good enough. And self doubt started to come about. So then I started thinking, I did my proficiency barrier, proficiency barrier and whatnot, and uh, I failed it flat out, just failed it on my instrument. Oh, no. um, and yeah, and. <laughs> I, it, rightfully so. I just was. I did not prepare that semester. It was a, that was roughly around the semester that Phil passed away, and that was really difficult. Mm. But um, yeah, I failed it, and um, literally the next couple days, I was like, I'm changing majors. I remember it distinctively. I was speaking to my partner at the time. It was like Cinco de Mayo, and I said, I'm tired of this. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go to political science. I'm gonna become an immigration lawyer. I'm gonna do oh. this or that, and I was hammered. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I realized, I, so then I went and did, and I went and spoke to my professor. And he said, like, uh, this was at Jones, and this is probably one of, like, the most heartfelt things, like, someone's done for me in a while. And it's like, if, if you're doing this because you failed, like, we can go back and work through this again. Like, you failed, yes, but, like, that doesn't mean you're done. Oh, wow. And um, you, get th- you get two tries. Third time, or you get two tries at your proficiency barrier. You fail, you fail, you're done. You can't mm-hmm. proceed with your degree. And um, he's like, if you're doing this because you failed, like, don't feel discouraged. Like, this happens to a lot of people. I'm like, no, it's not because of that. I was lying to myself. I was mm-hmm. lying. He saw right through my teeth. How old were you at this time? Uh, in 2016, so I'd have been 21. Mm-hmm. So I was lying through my teeth. He knew it. He knew I was lying to him. And then um, come the next semester, the fall, like, third week into school, I was like, I hate this new degree. I hate doing mm-hmm. this. I hate doing that. So then I met with the music business audio engineering professor micah hayes and uh, i tried with him a bit and he's like yeah come back and 
well, except in the programs that I went up to Ed and I, Ed Jones, Professor Jones, and I spoke to him and he's like, yeah, come on. But nice. when you come back, like it's, it's go time. It's not, nice. we're not, we're not just sitting around lollygagging. We're going to throw down. Yeah. And we did. And that was a really tough semester, but I know what I wanted and I wanted to be there. So wow. I, yeah. I love that. Like, you know, professors, teachers that really put that, that extra effort, like you mentioned, you yeah. know, with Texas teachers being more um, in tune with their students and everything. So, so you said that was just something like a very heartfelt thing that someone did for you, which was really just kind of saying it like it is yeah, for yeah. you. And, and, and it sounds like you really just had to get over the ego to get back there. Yeah. No, I was a, I was a, um, you're 21. I was an overconfident 21 <laughs> year old. It was just a, a prick. That's really just the oh, best way to put it. Oh I mean, I, <laughs> what, what's your sign? I'm a Capricorn. <gasps> Makes <Yeah>. sense. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> and I, I think Jade and I, we talked about it. I think I'm an Enneagram uh, 3. I think I'm a 3 or something like that. I'm not sure. Okay. We've talked. We chatted about oh, it. I'm okay. not sure. But um, but ultimately, like, yeah, I mean, I had an ego. And why did I? There was no reason to have an ego. Right. Uh, my priorities were in the wrong place and whatnot. And if I could go back, I would I would change some things, but I wouldn't change everything. Just mm-hmm. because it brought me to where I am right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad that... You know, I, I I feel like everyone needs to go through and hit rock bottom yeah. at least once in their life to really find that true path. Because when you're you're at zero, like you're just like I have nothing to go from here. Like your ego's done, yeah. and so that's where we can rebuild ourselves, and that's why you are where you are now because you know you rebuilt yourself. So congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. Um. So as far as with the audio engineering work, um, what kind of what what bands or what kind of work do you do with that? So as of right now, I am a director of audio at um, a church right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my job job, I worked for an AV company at the Gaylord Texan. And I did, um, I was just the lead technician for a while. And then I started working at the Glass Cactus, which is an extension of the Gaylord Hotel. And I ran monitors there, um, mixed monitors for bands and whatnot. That was oh, cool. kind of like my step into live sound and whatnot. Oh. And then I was like, I love this. This is so much fun. And then I, well, I mean, we'll get into it in just a bit, but like I started working with, when I joined another band on Switch Off, like I kind of started doing more bands and stuff, like mm. working with more bands and I'm really like, I want to run sound. I want to mm. like, I want to do this stuff. And so then that all was kind of happening all at the same time and working at the studio, recording and whatnot, I was like, I want to just do live sound more. Cause like, don't get me studio time is great. I love working in studio. It's a lot more laid back, but there's a certain thrill and adrenaline you get from, um, you know, being live and like, why yeah. am I getting feedback through this thing? But yeah. uh, the bands that I really worked with, I haven't really worked with too many just because of right as everything was picking up. I bought my console in February of 2020 mm-hmm. and then COVID happened like the next month. <gasps> so like yeah. I never really got to use my console. Um, the first big thing I ever used it for that I purchased was for Artemis, Artemis Funk's recordings that they were doing for their conference. That was, that was recent, right? Yeah. A couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, this is so great. I could use Wait, this so file. that was your big, like your first big use of that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we also used it to record for Frio Trio for our EP, okay. but like that was, it wasn't for the live sound setting that I really wanted gotcha, to gotcha. use it in that capacity. Nice. That's always exciting when you get to use your new gear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I was yeah, finally going to use it and whatnot. <laughs> so when did you, or actually, how did you get into, um, you know, working at the church. Uh, how do you even get, like, you just apply and... So, I was on Indeed looking around for just church jobs. Okay. And seeing where 
like church gigs and whatnot. Why church specifically? Churches have, um, some of them do have very complex audio systems and whatnot. And like, that's something that I, it's state, <laughs> funny enough, I always wanted to work in a venue, something of that sort. I entered the bomb factory oh, trees wow. and whatnot wow. in 2017, wow. but I just did marketing. I didn't do any of the mm-hmm. live sound stuff, but ultimately when I was looking for a church kick, I wanted something that was consistent as in I'm not striking, tearing down equipment all the time. Like I do at the hotel. So that's the main reason why I was going to churches. Main reason why I was going to churches because that was odd. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to do that, and um, yeah, and you know, Mackenzie Webb. Shout out to Mackenzie for helping me get the gig and whatnot. He said, "Hey, you're looking for a ch- church gig." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm 100% am." And uh, that's kind of how that. Ch- I would say it wouldn't and it didn't fall on my lap, but I think that you know some things happened for that particular yeah. reason to happen and whatnot. So. That's how I kind of fell into the church yeah. gig. <laughs> no, I love that. It's like, I have a principal um, idea where like, if you put yourself in the general vicinity of what you want, you're going to eventually get there. You yeah. know, like you started with working at the bomb factory as a marketing, as a marketer, right? Yeah. And then now you're doing, I mean, you're doing shows and, and doing the actual audio stuff. So that's really cool. So you mentioned Frio Trio, which is, which is the band that you're in. Let's, yes. let's go into that. <laughs> Um, can you tell a little, tell us a little bit about how Trio, Frio Trio, <laughs> I always get a tongue tied because the F looks like a T, you know, yeah. so I always get it mixed up when I read it. Um, so how did y'all form and, um, yeah, just go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So Frio Trio started, uh, kind of the latter half of what on switch off an old band that I was in with John Valentine, the guitarist for Frio, um, also, Chaffee, you know, had Cameron Villarreal as lead singer, Henry Butts as the drummer, John as the lead guitarist, and myself as the bassist. And, um, you know, Cameron was in grad school trying to finish that up, and he came to an impasse where he wanted to take some time off because uh, he was work- focusing on school, and rightfully so. Um, I was very adamant on trying to just kind of do something to keep it going and whatnot, like, hey, just like one show a month or whatnot. Um, probably not the best approach in it probably could have wor- worded things a little bit differently you know but it is what it is and you know things work out the way they want to or need to and whatnot so i we left that and then cameron's like you guys can still play together we're like okay cool and he's like but i don't ask you guys to play on some drop songs I was like rightfully so i understand that so then it was john henry and i and we asked him like hey it's like let's do some new songs yada yada, yada. and uh we we're drunk one night and, uh, i'm i'm always very big about Fun drunk stories. Yeah, fun drunk stories, <laughs> yes. I'm always very big about, like, I want to get the name down. I want to figure out, like, every song that we You're work on. You're such up. a Capricorn. Like, very business-minded, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. So, like, with Frio, like, I was like, before we even had a song, well, I, I had four or five songs written, but before we even had, like, had a first rehearsal, I'm like, what's the name of this? Mm-hmm. And there's three of us, and I was like, Frio Trio. And I'm, I look at John, I'm like, what do you think? John's like, I'm yeah sure man like whatever and kind of he's like sure (laughs) john is the guy one of my best friends in the world but john is the guy that just listens to my crazy ideas and just filters them out or will just say like it's a good idea or like that's a terrible idea john john will tell me if it's a bad idea and that's good (laughs) he will he will make me think through my plan before i just like go and do it Mm. so john has saved me time in my life and John has saved me a lot of money in my life I was like <laughs> I don't know man I think I'm gonna buy a new car why you know just my car shakes oh, he grounds you yeah, during John, your John, yeah, John brings me down you know 
John and Jade are now kind of tag teaming Aww. that, and they're like making sure I don't, you know, do anything crazy these days. But <laughs> um, so then we we became Frio. That's how Frio started, and then we are. And when was that? What year was that? Oh man, sorry, that was October of 2019. Oh wow. Yeah. So then. That was that inception of it. And then we were trying to kind of get some rehearsals going and whatnot. And then Henry said that he just had other life things going on. So he kind of wasn't able to join us. So okay. then. So it's just y'all two at that point. Now it's just John and I, the the lonesome two. Excuse me, sorry. Um, so then we spoke to our friend Trey, and Trey was going to join us to do to become the second guitarist. We were always going to be a four-piece because it was going to be easier just to sound better as a four-piece because the original tagline of Frio Trio was Frio Trio, the coolest four-piece. And um, I thought that was so funny and I still think it is. But um, we were talking to our friend Colby Kelly and uh, he's at this time he's dating our friend Rachel and he's like, well, I'll be your drummer. Like, I can do it. I'll, <laughs> he's like, I'll blow it out of the water. I'm like, okay, well, let's see. And then we have a rehearsal with Colby and we're like, holy cow. Like, we just sit down and listen and we're like, this is crazy. And uh, that was jumping ahead now. That's, you know, March. Uh, sorry, I know not March. That's probably about February of 2020 now. Mm. And oh, then okay. uh, Trey's getting engaged, and then he finds out he's going to be moving to California. So oh. it's like, now it's back to three-piece. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, this is what is going to be the band. And um, funny enough, today... Well, let me oh. just point this out. So y'all had four people, but the band's called Frio Trio. Yes, that I would be thrown off. Yeah, no, no. And I mean, a lot of people are still thrown off now. They're like, why are you guys calling yourselves Frio Trio? And um, you guys are a four-piece. And it's like, well, that's kind of the marketing ploy, I guess. I don't know. I think it's funny. Yeah, it's it a funny. pun. Uh, so then, this is also really odd, but pretty great just when you look back on the day of it. But um, around this time last year, a Thursday, so that this would have been no, that would have been a Wednesday. I'm sorry. Um, so I was whatever another um, a year ago in 2020, I mm-hmm. actually was told, like, hey, we're gonna be cutting back hours because of this COVID virus, we're losing from the church, yeah, uh, no, no, from uh, the hotel. Oh, okay, yeah. So they're telling us, hey, like, we're gonna need you guys, we're gonna start cutting back hours, yada, yada, this mm-hmm. or that. And um, this is when everyone's like, oh, it's just not a big deal, it's fine, it's not a big deal, it's the virus isn't a big deal. Hindsight's 2020, of course. Here we are a year later, and <laughs> we just lifted a mask mandate. But yeah. that's, that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. But um, the we actually announced our first show as Frio Trio on this day, March 12th. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what we're... Oh, yeah. It was that day, so uh, yeah. we announced that show. And, um, 2020, yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be March... So it's been a year. Yeah, it's wow, been a year. Wow, a literal year. A literal year. May 16th was supposed to be that oh, show. Oh, wow. And um, we didn't end up doing the show oh. because, of course, COVID reasons. And um, I still have a lot of those posters. I love those posters. <laughs> but, um, <Aww. laughs> yeah, so then we finished up that, and I realized, like, when the showtime came around, we were like, okay, well, what do we need to do? We need to do something. Mm-hmm. We're a band. We need to do something with this time. So we ended up recording our EP over the summer, and that's... That was really fun. I mean, John at Dr. Jekyll's was fantastic about it. He was doing curbside orders and whatnot. And when he wasn't busy doing that, we would be recording. We would be practicing, rehearsing. We wrote those three We wrote those three songs together, uh, Revolution, 20s, and Sand Dollar. Um, those were three songs I already had written, but we flushed them out together oh, nice. during that time period. So. All right. Wow. So 
I'm glad that y'all are having your show coming up. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have it. Yeah. Now we're really gonna have a show coming up. So talk about the the members now. Y'all have four. We again? have we have so live live performance wise, it's so, four. Wait, hold up. So Trey was your drummer, right? So y'all have to. Find, Trey was a guitarist. Was the guitarist? Okay. Yes. So he was a rhythm guitarist. Um, Henry Butts was the original drummer. Okay. Then it became Colby Kelly. Gotcha. And then it's always just been John and I. And then now we have four people again. Okay. But the fourth person is Ben Bruno, and he's um he's he plays with us live and whatnot more. Mm. So he's more of the live, the fourth person live sound wise. And um yeah, so the three of us is still the main core: Colby, John, and myself. Nice. How would you describe y'all sound? Oh man, I see. You know, I saw that question, and mm-hmm. I was, I was thinking about that the entire drive. Here. Is it undescribable? Indescribable. Indescribable. <laughs> you know, I, I, the best way I think would say, the best way I'd like to describe is like a indie alt rock esque mm-hmm. kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like using the phrase indie because it's right. like super umbrella and whatnot. Right. It's kind of overused term, but I think that's the best way to probably describe. It reminds me of like some bands I listen to. Um, have you heard the song um, by Moldy Peaches? It was in Juno. Um, okay, well, it's like, do you know back in like 2010, whenever like the quote, quote unquote indie style was like very popularized? Yeah, like the Ar- Arctic Monkeys and all that, yes, kind, of, that kind, yes. kind of sound. It kind of reminds me of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, our sound kind of, it's, it's a lot because John has like a super jazzy and like, um, jazzy like super rocky kind of sound john loves dream theater and like oh. loves david john loves john dream theater and loves david bowie colby's favorite band is manchester orchestra so like we all have like this different yeah different sounds and you know like i take inspiration for a lot of our songs from like rise against queens of stone age and okay. of course the foo fighters but it's just melded all together <laughs> i really liked um revolution like the, the instrumental for that you said you had already had it written and everything revolution was written uh, that was actually, we worked on that with On Switch Off, and it just didn't really work in mm-hmm. that kind of setting. So Yeah, so y'all just recycled it for yeah, better yeah. use. Yeah. yeah, so we brought in the Frio Trio, and like that was just, everyone talks about it, they really... Yeah, the intro was like, I'm just like getting hyped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So with um, with the, the band, like what, what sorts of challenges had y'all faced, if any, other than, you know, the changing out, you know, the... <laughs> Um, the members and everything. We had issues with finding a rehearsal space for a while. Okay. Um, that was one issue. Then we also ran into issues of like scheduling because Colby's a teacher. John has two jobs. And if I don't have a job, then I go and make jobs for myself like around the house. And so um, I'm just a compulsive worker. So I have to find something to be doing at all times or mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my mind. But yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those things where we had issues with scheduling and we ultimately just said like we're making a google calendar end of story oh, <laughs> we're gonna just smart. start putting everything on it smart. we go by semester by semester kind of basis for colby to make sure that like oh, he yeah. can like things change and whatnot especially with his teaching gig and whatnot so that's really the biggest issue there's not much else like when it comes to rehearsing or writing the music like what's our song feedback we it was a two-week period to write that song. The first week when I was kind of showing it to everybody, it was late at night, and Colby's like, what is going on? Like, this song makes no sense whatsoever. Like, what are we doing? It's like, this is ridiculous. And then I was like, you know what? You're right. Let's go home. So we went home. 
Next week, we wrote the song in 45 minutes. Okay. And it just came out. Like, yeah. we just wrote it. And, we're like, we looked at each other like, cool, all right, well, uh, that's that for the day. Nice. <laughs> so, it, when it works, it works. Like, we, yeah. we, we understand each other pretty well. And, like, we'll take the time. Because I'll rehearse something and I'll write. I have something so embedded in my head. that like, you should probably change this for them. And then we'll sit there for, like, 20 minutes and, like, hacking through it. And, like, that will, that's what works between three people. Um, because we can just sit there and like, nope, nope, nope. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that works. And we just work through that together. So that those are really issues is scheduling and just keeping members for that little period and whatnot. So as far as with writing then, because um, it sounds like y'all do little writing sessions and everything, how, where do you draw your inspiration? And like how, I always ask this because I'm <laughs> really not a musician. So I'm, I'm like, how do y'all just like come up with something? <laughs> So I recently, recently just kind of showed John my writing process, at least for vocals okay. and whatnot. Okay. Um, funny enough, I'll listen to like a song. Um, I was really big in the Bird and the Bee for a while. Uh, I think yeah, the Bird and the Bee. Um, and I wrote it. I was listening to like structurings of their songs and whatnot. And I was trying to aim for like something of that sort to kind of work around and like that styling um, again and again. Like that's kind of where I got the idea for one of our songs, uh, Geometry, where it's like a very thick and dreamy kind of sound and whatnot. So we kind of got that as an inspiration. But um, do you remember those little graphs you used to make in like, what was it, elementary school probably? It's like, here's the topic, here's like points from the topic, then you deviate from that more and more. Oh, the um, the Venn diagrams? Is the, that it? The circle one, and it has like, let's say like pizza in it. Like what are the components of pizza? It's like pepperoni, cheese, tomato sauce, and whatnot. If you remember that and then you like deviate from that like what's pe- pepperoni it's like a meat or oh my gosh um it's like a brainstorm chart yeah, yeah brainstorming chart yeah, yeah. yeah so like that's how i write all of our songs and, wow like, yeah so what you just throw out ideas and you're yeah, writing so ideas i'll think about like uh revolution's a song about depression so mm-hmm. like when i wrote revolution i wrote like depression in the middle of the circle and then i wrote like what you felt like spinning in a revolution or spinning just like revolving and oh, like, you're just wow. stuck in this perpetual cycle and then it's like the like i, I don't know when the floodgates are open like especially when you're having like a depressive episode like you you're in you're in there yeah like you are in it if you don't want to be there or not but you're you feel like you're drowning half the yeah. time and that's kind of where revolution that's how i wrote that you know geometry is about you know losing a friend but not in the sense of like passing in a sense but like just time you guys break apart and whatnot mm-hmm. so Wow, I love that. I don't think I've met anyone recently that uses that brainstorm chart in a while. But I like that. I think I'm going to utilize that with my poetry, too. Yeah, it's wow. fun. And I mean, it's a it's really intuitive kind of way. Because yeah. then you can also show, like, when you're writing. Because I show John, I'm like, hey, this is what I'm thinking for the song. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, let's explain it to me. And you kind of deviate from there. And then you find your keywords. Yeah. That, that's another thing. Like, I see keywords. I'm like, okay, that works. And you want to add it in. Yeah, yeah. It's like, nice. Um, and are you the, the main one that writes? For the, the words, the the vocals and everything? I will write kind of like a generalized idea for the words. And um, John and I will sit down and we'll like hammer through like, this makes sense. Okay, what are you trying to say here? And then we'll like, we'll try to work on a little bit more. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like one of our new songs, we went to Mori, like John and I spent two and a half hours trying to write lyrics and we just could not think of anything. And we kind of just tabled it for the while. And we just wrote the instrumental parts. And the instrumental parts sound mm-hmm. spectacular. But we're still writing words to mm-hmm. it. So it's it's not a just put something down to put something down. So 
that, that we're trying oh. to make a point of that. So it's like, okay, so everything has a purpose. We want to make everything have a purpose. Like that is the ultimate goal, but you can't have your cake. Right, right. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just gotta fill in the blanks yeah. and get it done. So it sounds like you you have a lot of different roles. So you know you're the the front man for the band. You started the band essentially after leaving um, or deviating from on switch off. Um, so is it hard juggling everything, juggling so many different roles in the band? You know, that's something that Jade and I have spoken about. She's like, you, you kind of do a lot. Like, can you really take on going back to school? Mm-hmm. And I thought about, I was like, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is difficult, but that's why we're working with other... Nick Root is a guy that I'm working with a lot. And uh, the goal with Nick is to hopefully have him become, you know, our front of house guy for free. I hope to like train him, help him out with us in that regard. Of course, pay him, like keep him on our, keep him close networking to us. But it is difficult. I mean, it was really difficult writing, um, not writing. It was really difficult recording the EP. And I mean, that was the start of Jade and I's relationship. And that was really difficult oh. because it was right at the beginning of it. And I'm like putting all this effort into this mm. thing. And, um, it is difficult, but now I'm starting to like talk to John and Colby a little more. Like, hey, can you guys do some more stuff? Oh, like, yeah. it wasn't a fear of them not doing it correctly. It yeah. was a fear of me just like letting it go and whatnot. Yes. So, so I, that's such a Capricorn thing, and I'm gonna relate that because my moon is in Capricorn, which is my emotions, and so for for myself, like, I have control issues slightly when it comes to my art because mm. I'm just kind of like. I want things done a certain way. <laughs> yeah, no. And so for myself, it's like, it's kind of hard letting go. Like, it's not that I, I fear someone's going to not do it right. I just have a very particular way I see things and want things done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel you on that. But like yourself, I also am learning to just kind of let, be okay with not having something go all my exact way. Yes. <laughs> Because then you stumble upon something else. It's like, holy yeah. cow, like, I didn't think about that. That's crazy. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, exactly. I'm, I'm also, like, learning kind of, like, with, with my ego as an artist. Like, my ideas are not always the best ideas. So it's okay to listen to other people's ideas. Now, I've made it a very big point, at least with Rio, to do that. Like, I don't ever want to be the, this is the law, this is the song, yeah. this is what we're doing kind of thought yeah. process. Like, I've made it very imperative to not be that. Were there, were there challenges? Like, did you have a struggle while you were learning to let go and, you know, like, let others take on the different roles? You know, it was a lot easier than it was when I was in college. Because when I was in college and, you know, I was in my fraternity, um, my music fraternity, Fami Alpha, like, the biggest thing was... Uh, with that, when I was in charge and whatnot, doing a lot of stuff, I was like, it has to be in this way or else it's going to be perfect. Yeah. And then I like changed that mentality with Frio and I was like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Oh. Like it's going to be what it is. Yeah. And like, just trust the, the just trust the process. You know, <laughs> you, I, I hate saying this, but Dwayne Johnson, you know, he always says stay <laughs> humble. I mean, I have to trust the guy. You I mean, he's yeah. the great one. So, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about y'all's EP that came out, um, you mentioned that revolution is a song about you know depression i always i also thought that um 20s it it seemed kind of like a a whole journey like 20s i really like that song because it was like you were talking to me i was like i'm in my 20s and then you were saying like you know um 
how like about the relationship yeah. you know how you basically lose a relationship and your life's a mess and everything so yeah. was that something that you were going through or anything so or when i just... wrote so when i wrote 20s i was um i was writing 20s and i also funny enough I, when i was writing 20s i kept thinking i was like man i'd like for this to be like a tv show i don't okay. know why i always had this thought as a tv show but i thought it was better as a song and um yeah i thought about when i was literally I just went through my life and like we talked to the other guys and, like we kind of pieced together some parts of our life and how some aspects of it fell apart and whatnot like I don't know some some parts were a little dramatic I will say <laughs> yeah uh 20 I think it was 24 yeah 24 was like that's a really dramatic one 25 you know <laughs> it's a little more real because you know I, I lost my job and mm. my girlfriend the virus ruined my life I guess mm. that, that's the funniest one because like when I said that John was like yeah it's good stuff but that was a uh, yeah, 20s is, that was, funny enough, spoiler alert, that is my least favorite song. Really? That is my least favorite song, yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone loves that song a lot. I love it. <laughs> I think it just speaks on, like, just our 20s. Yeah, no, and, yeah, and then I think someone says, like, are you guys going to add more to it now that you're older? I'm like, no, I think it's, <laughs> just I, think it's it. I think it's good where it is. <laughs> are there any songs that you have, like, that, that you started writing and you're like, no, I'm gonna kill this, or some that like you want to, you know, s- hold off and maybe add to later. Yeah. So I mean, um, we we've we're gonna we've thought about you know recording the other three and uh, adding more dense layers to them and whatnot, but that's still on the table. But there's a song that I wrote called Clocks that is really interesting lyrically, but the problem is like I cannot find a rhythm. I can't find. Mm-hmm tempo or whatnot or even a key because i can transpose the vocal line but like i can't find a key that can work for it so like it's i'm waiting just for the right moment to write something up around that a little okay, bit more clock so we should be on the lookout for that yes <laughs> so sounds like you know you're very much ingrained in in the music scene because you know with ba- your band and of course doing audio for the different bands and everything um, and you said that you've been in Arlington for the past 20 years. Would you say that Arlington as a city, as a, as a scene, as a music scene has grown over the past 20 years? Yeah, I would say so entirely. You know, when I was in high school, we had the show called Ragnarok. It was like the band show and what like rock bands would play and the, we'd oh, all wow. go and see these concerts and whatnot. It was really cool. And I had a really good time going to that. You know, I was in a band in high school for like maybe four months it was called oh. or I was in two bands actually one was called Event Horizon oh wow and that was like as high school as can be and you know I, <laughs> I I was told that like you're not a good bass player so we don't want you to play with us anymore oh. and it like kind of broke my feelings a little bit but you oh know then there was a Green Arrow that I was in with my friend Kellen we didn't we just practiced covers together we never really did anything with that but that was those two things and I never really had anything in co- high school but the only venue I ever really remembered that was around in Arlington when I was like, younger was uh, Dreamworld on uh, Division. I don't know if you remember that. Or, it was in a warehouse. It was a purple building. If you're ever driving west towards Fort Worth, um, it's a purple building. It's, it's, a, it's like an automotive shop now, but it used to be a venue. And that's all I really remember venue-wise in Arlington. People would play at restaurants and whatnot, but that was about it. Yeah. And um Maybe it was those hidden gems or whatnot. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I had a friend in because I was in band and he was um he's a drummer, um and he was actually in a band called Don't Shoot the Messenger, 
I don't know if you you had ever heard of them. No. Uh, out of Summit cool. High School. That sounds familiar. I'm not sure. So they they would play different shows and um, honestly like being friends with him and and him having a band was what kind of opened my eyes about the Arlington music scene because they would play with um, with other bands at like Molly's Burgers and um, The Door. Yeah. Are you familiar with The Door? Yeah. That's like I think it's closed down, but like that was the the pop and spot in high school. Um, and they actually went on tour for a little bit at a, not local Palooza. What is that? Vans Warped Tour. Wow. They, yeah, they actually went on Warped tour for yeah. a little bit. Man, Warped Tour. But yeah, I was just like, like, it, it's to me, it's grown a lot because you know, high school and now like, you actually see more bands forming. Yeah. You know, more venues opening for music. Do you think at any point like um, that you've seen? that the growth of the Arlington music scene has plateaued or do you, do you think that we're on the rise or coming up on the rise? As a personal opinion, I feel as if um, we're kind of beginning to hit a plateau just before right now? Co- just before oh, COVID. before COVID. Okay. Just before COVID. We're kind of starting to reach a plateau in a sense because okay. one thing that I was on the call with, you know, Pat and Nick Rude and Jamar Jones, Gabe and all those gentlemen was like, and Garrett was... We don't have any venues. Like we have, mm. we don't have too many outlets that are super friendly for um, like local live shows. music. Yeah, mm. even live shows. Like we have, you know, these restaurants and whatnot. But they, people would more like covers and whatnot, and that becomes mm. like kind of an issue at times. But we're lacking venues. But I think where we ended at the beginning of COVID is like where. Where we ended at the end, at the beginning of COVID, we are starting in a much higher position mm-hmm. than what we did, than where we're at. Honestly, I think we're even. Sense. I think we're better than we better off before, better off now than we were before. Because I mean, it's there's a drive, there's a hunger. Everyone's oh, yeah. just like aggressively wanting just to yes. do stuff, and I think that we're set. I think that there's some crazy, awesome stuff that's going to happen very, very soon. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, let's take a quick break. Um, and then we're going to come back and talk more about, um, the, you know, what venues that you like and, and what, ven- uh, what we're to expect in the upcoming months or so. Okay. Alrighty, so we are back here with EJ, and we were just talking about, you know, how he feels that Arlington, the Arlington music scene has um, had plateaued probably before COVID, but now everyone's hungry and, and ready to, to get back in the scene. So we're just talking about different venues and things like that. So EJ, what specific venues, you know, do you love um, that you've performed at or just love attending? So one place that I've always loved is Growl Division Brewery. Um, you know, I will give a shout out. I love their beer. <laughs> Subtle <laughs> plug. I love their beer. I've always loved their beer. Big fan from the Honestly, past Honestly, yeah, because were you at um, that show that I shot for Honeymoon Dolphins? Yeah, yeah. There, right? I was walking down the street, and I, it just makes me happy that I can walk down Abram Street now, and I'm not going to get <laughs> attacked by, like, a con- construction <laughs> thing of a bob or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um... I was walking down Abrams. I just left, um, walking up Abrams and I went to Urban because, like, I just can't stop drinking coffee. <laughs> it's, it's a kind of a, it's a problem, but, um, I just left Urban Alchemy and I was like, I recognize some of that music. And then 
John oh. texted me and said, hey, come to Division. Uh, and I was like, you know, fine. So I show up and I'm like, oh, Honey Madolphin's bedroom's there. That and then you were so there cool. also. Yeah, that is so cool. That's like the literally the dream of what I, I have always wanted to live in. You know, like it's a movie. Like you're just walking down the street in your city, in your town, and you just pop in and there's your local band playing. Yeah, and it was just so much fun. And I mean, then John's like, hey, have you had this beer? I think... I don't remember what beer it was. I think it was their rice beer that they're coming out okay. with at the time. And I was like, man, this thing is so good. And this hair is cooperating. But um, yeah, we did that. And um, I, just, I love playing a growl. I love playing a growl. Like when I was in Don's Trough, that was our first gig was there. And then for Frio, that was our first gig there. Oh, wow. And um, I love playing there. I love playing a growl. Uh, Black Box is a really cool little venue mm-hmm. that we played at once as Don's Trough and whatnot. I'd love to get back there again, so... If we can ever get back into that venue space, that'd be great. Yeah. Jay Gills. I've never really played at Jay Gills, mm-hmm. um, nor have I played at, um, what's that place called? Um, sorry. Uh, Grease Monkey. Oh. Nor uh, Tipsy Oak. Like, those are places I've not played. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that kind of goes back to, like, we have an issue with, like, venues. Like, we just don't have oh, yeah. enough venue space and places to play. And ultimately, I think that that's kind of an issue that we need to work on and whatnot. And, um... Jekyll's, sorry, I don't know if Jekyll's counts as Arlington, oh, yeah. but you know Jekyll's, man, that is, that is the Frio Fort, that is the, uh, that is our home and yeah, your home our, base, uh, yeah, that's nice. home, bread and butter and whatnot. So, so as far as with the the different venues, from what I've noticed as an observer, you know, in the music scene, um, and observing, you know, Pat shows and everything, because he plays at a, lo- a lot of different um, restaurants and bars. Yeah, um, it seems like we do have a lot of restaurants and bars that are open for like you know um the acoustic sets the uh people that want to play covers and things like that but i really yeah you're right there are really no venues that are specific to like shows we had you know arlington music hall yeah um that that we had that arlington showcase um before covid hit and i love that i think that's one of the best venues i've ever seen you know our bands play at and everything um, but you're right. Like, what, what do you think the deal is? <laughs> you know, Arlington just became um, a certified musical city, I think, if I was speaking. Okay. If, if I said that correctly. Um, I was speaking to Dan Cavanaugh, the former uh, department chair of music at UTA. And okay. he's telling me, like, that's kind of what was happening and whatnot. And um, super excited for that. But I think the biggest issue is Arlington is getting expensive because it's becoming becoming a bigger city i mean you know we're we have <laughs> we have three stadiums for two sporting t- well three sporting teams sorry dallas oh my Renegades. gosh yes and <laughs> they should really have music shows at the, these freaking stadiums yeah and i mean i think that we should find ways to do stuff there and whatnot like parking lot shows if we want to do a yeah. parking lot show i mean i remember meach panko did a show at uh, fair park while they played scott pilgrim versus oh, the world i'm like oh. why can't we do that like that's so that's cool, cool. and, and good movie i love yeah. i love me Pango's music like there's some, <laughs> yeah. some of the great guys but um venue wise I, I don't i think the issue is like the space to have con- maybe with covid it's going to change yeah. maybe we can figure something out and um what i think was happening is like these spaces are so expensive and like venues can only pull so much money in mm-hmm. and like to pay for rent and whatnot because like ultimately you still need to pay your artists you gotta yeah. pay your sound engineer oh, yeah. you gotta pay your bartenders you gotta pay all these people like the overhead is somewhat minimal you just got to pay for liquor and whatnot but like it gets hard to like just make sure you will keep getting money and whatnot mm. so 
I think that's kind of the issue with a lack of venues. Like a sole venue space is kind of the issue. Let me ask you this. Um, you may not know the answer. I- I'm just kind of thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. But like, do you think that we're lacking investors and supporters of music? Um, you know, like if... Because I I've, I've personally feel like there are... So such great opportunities um as far as venues like um you know over by uh what is it over by uta there's just like that open really field um the one on uta boulevard and cooper um it's like a park it's just open and i think some some people have played there before but it costs to, to rent it out but like you know there's just a lot like we could even just do things at parks at you know different stadiums like you said outside yeah. but like I think what it is is, in my opinion, we're lacking backers, um, supporters that can actually pay artists. I would agree with that also. And, you know, when I played at Main at Southside, that was with On to Drop. That was one of the first shows that we we ever got paid at. And I was like, this is so wild. Like, Mm -hmm. we're getting paid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, my mentality is also, like, I'm not in this for money. Yeah, right. So, like, I've always, I mean, I work a full-time job. Like, that's, if I want to buy something, like, I'll buy my gear and whatnot and Yes, the money can go towards band funds and whatnot. I mean, that's a controversial opinion that a lot of people have and whatnot. But ultimately, I think I 100% agree with you on that. And it's like, we don't have the people. We like want producers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's, you know, we're pretty similar. Like, we both have our, you know, our full-time day jobs. And we do our, our music and our, our, not music, but like our art and yeah. stuff on the side. Um, so for myself, like, yeah. I think there are some bands who are really wanting to to make money off of the music solely, which is you know what it really should be. Um, but yeah, we're we're just lacking. There's a disconnect I think between um, people willing to pay for the the artists and the artists, if that makes sense. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. How do you think we can change that? So one thing that I think. We had some ideas that we we're going to do for live stream shows, and we may be moving away from that. I'm not sure. Um, I think it was a great format, done well. Um, one thing that Nick and I were going to do, Nick Rude and I were going to do, was put on live stream shows and then open up like donations, so mm-hmm. people watching the shows yeah. can like donate to the bands and whatnot, and like pay them. So like, let's yeah, and I think that was going to work for that regard because. Um, people to get paid like yeah and that's where i i think you and i are, are very similar because like we're we're like you said we're not doing the art for the, the money because we have our full-time jobs that kind of help with the art if that makes sense yeah um but i mean some artists don't have that luxury where where they they can just do that like they their music is really what they want and and their their main source of income and so i think we, we really do just for for Arlington overall like we need to find ways to pay these artists I think that's really what was plateauing yeah. everything because I mean yeah it, some of these people are like well I don't want to play there if I'm not going to get any money exactly. and it's like and I get that Yeah. yeah. and I mean <clears throat> it's just also I mean I also forgot to say Mavericks Bar and Grill I've been there for a couple of years oh, yeah. so that's another venue I forgot to speak about but that's a great place also and like they pay their artists which is very nice oh do they nice yes and um, but sometimes you know it can be deteriorating because they'll have someone at the front door and like, hey, this band is playing. It's a five dollar cover. It's like, well, I just want to go buy a beer. It's like, well, you need to pay the five dollar oh. cover to come in. So I'm like, uh. it's it's a double edged sword because like some people are like, well, if I can't, I'm not sure if Mavs does that, but it's happened at other gotcha, places that I've yeah. been to. It's like, well, it's five bucks to get in. It's like, well, I just want to have a beer. I'm like, well, 
you gotta pay the entry and like some people just won't do that yeah. and like there's that also and I, I'm the best way in my opinion to go about fixing that would be normalizing like paying artists yes and I think that's what needs to come down to it it's like normalizing a livable not a livable sorry a feasible wage to for like to pay people like right. we're three piece like I don't think we need a hundred I'm I'll take whatever money I, we can get. I will right, say that. Right, right. No, I get ultimately, it. Ultimately, like, I don't think that, like... It really should be 300 for a three-piece. Like, 100 per person. Yeah. In my opinion. No, no, no. And I already agree. In it, but then sometimes, like... It's not feasible for yeah. the venue. True. And then at the same time, sometimes it's also, like... I don't know. I, I like the percentage thing. Okay. Uh, some venues do that, where it's, like, you guys will get everything percentage at the door. door. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you guys will get everything that comes in, and then, like, percentage of the bars. Oh, cool. So it's, like, whoever pays sweet, and if... Because that's dependent on you. Like, mm-hmm. if you guys get more people in here, awesome. Good good on you. And then you're making... You're, it's a codependent. Like, it's cohesive and whatnot. So, like, you're yeah. helping the bar make sales. And yeah. At the same time, you are getting people to come to your show. Exactly. Like, it's, it's a win-win situation all around. Yeah. And I think that... I'm not saying that's a perfect format mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. But I think that it's a very fair way to go about doing things. Because it's like... Yeah. I agree with that. You know, I, I get to see the behind the scenes just because Pat's in, in his bands and, and he does his solo gigs. So I get to see the behind the scenes. And so it's easy for me to look and say, like, you need to be getting paid more. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think you're right. Just your, your, your comment about normalizing paying artists because, like, I, I don't think people realize what a fair pay for an artist is. It's it's not, you know, a hundred like just for an example, a hundred for three hours. That's if you break that down, that's like what a hundred divided by uh, by three? That's like roughly um like thirty three bucks. Thirty three dollars an hour. But then if you're if you have a band and then you gotta split that yet again, you know, amongst each person, like that's barely minimum wage. Yeah. That's so crazy. I'm, yeah, and I mean that's that's terrible. I mean that doesn't include Getting your gear there. Yeah. That doesn't include, like, that, like... The time to practice, um... Yes, everything. Yeah, wholeheartedly, and I mean... Gas. Yeah, gas. Just time in general. Yeah, that's... that's and that, That's... Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It sounds like we're both on the same page, so, I, you know, hopefully going forward, because, you know, we're in that group with, with Nick Rude and, and a couple other artists, like, we'll get some, some good stuff rolling as far as getting paid, uh, our artists paid. Of course. Um, so what, um, what would you like to see from Arlington? I, I think we, you spoke a little bit about it, but, you know, specifically, what would you like to see from Arlington to help us be on the map more and, um, you know, have more, more funds to pay our artists? You know, I think finding sponsorships and whatnot, um, mm-hmm. I know that sounds really broad and vague, but that's another thing that we just need to find people to help pay for things and help like support one another yeah. and whatnot like working with specific t-shirt companies or like places that sell shirts and what i think working yeah. with those places like hey like here's a better rate and whatnot here's mm-hmm. like if you guys purchase these and whatnot like one thing that we did with frio is like we ordered shirts on custom ink and like i was super against that even oh, though okay. you want to help local yeah well john and colby were like you i was a little impulsive with it. i will say i was but like I went there custom meat because the way that we were able to go about it is like people can pay for their shirts individually mm. and do it that way. So we didn't have to drop six, seven hundred dollars just yeah. for t-shirts right out the gate. And um, yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing is that like people need to get paid. Mm-hmm. So then when they get paid, they just put in a band fund and then they just yeah. pay for band and then they use the band funds 
to pay for merch. Yeah. And then hopefully to make a profit off of them. Yeah. Because merch is always a gamble. Yeah. Like you, who says you're going to sell what you buy and whatnot? Yeah. But I think finding ways to, I wouldn't say sponsorships, I think that was the wrong word, but I think finding places that are going to support like artists specifically, like a t-shirt company in the in Arlington that could possibly like, hey, yeah. for you artists, like I'll offer a little bit better of a rate for you guys, like a three colored shirt or two colored shirt and you guys can just pick a solid yeah. white shirt or something of that sort. And then like finding some venues that'll pay or something of that. Or even like these restaurants, like, hey, let's have a local artist showcase night. Mm-hmm. Because, dude, if, you know, Cherry Mantis was going to play a Grease Monkey, like a hour-long show where like other bands were going to play up on stage, I got to go have a burger and I got to have a drink. Like, I'm going to sit there the entire time. Right. I'm going to sit up there and order a burger and fries yeah and then yeah yeah, several beers and then order an uber home and whatnot and you know it's helping the economy yeah and i mean let's let's try that idea and tipsy oak you know same thing like yeah i want to listen to zeppelin but like i'd also like to hear about this artist and whatnot like Mm -hmm. it's i know he has i know he has local music i want to hear his stuff Mm -hmm. and whatnot and i think that we need to like normalize art local artists playing in restaurants i think that's what we really also Mm -hmm. need to normalize and whatnot Yes, and yeah, it's kind of like a, it's just the whole entire food chain, if you will. Like, it's like, you know, you got your artists, then you got um, the venue, and then you got the crowd. So you do have to, you know, keep the crowd. Yeah. But that's where just supporting people, just supporting local artists. Like, you can go home and turn on your radio and listen to the song you want. But, like, there's someone actually live in front of you trying to, like, you know, showcase their music. Like, listen and, and be respectful and not talk during their set, you know? Yeah. But I guess at the same time, it's like, you know, some people are just rolling on in, like, wanting just a quiet dinner. And yeah. that's not what they're getting. So, it's... It's a 50-50. I mean, yeah. you do really to have it on a Friday night. You can have it on him. Sunday evening, yeah, Sunday true. afternoon, Sunday morning, you know, I mean, probably, yeah. probably not some restaurants, you know, there's some people working off a hangover or whatnot, but mm-hmm. I don't think they want to hear a loud guitar, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, there's that little field right in front of Arlington Music Hall, let's throw a generator out there, let's, let's run some music yeah, out there in exactly. that little area and whatnot, and I mean, that's, there's feasible things to be done, and I think we just need to, you know what, it sounds like we need to network a little better, um, or more, um, and then really just kind of connect build that bridge with these local restaurants local um you know businesses so that they know what we're trying to do and we're not just some like rowdy kids trying to get drunk and like you know i think that's what their fear is yeah no no wholeheartedly you know business owners are you know the older crowd of course and they're thinking that we're just some young like hoodlums like just wanting to turn up or whatever I forgot about that. Man. <laughs> but yeah, wow. That this is a very insightful conversation. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Wow. No, I yeah. Always, yeah. And I'm I mean, like it's... learning new things. Yeah. Wow. So um while while we don't have that full connection yet, um, are there any people in particular, such as yourself, that you, you'd like to shout out or mention that are trying to build the bridges um, so that artists can, you know, have paying gigs? You know, Nick Rude is one kid that, kid, sorry, one gentleman. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Where did Nick come from? And I may Where did be, Nick come yeah, from? I may oh. be ignorant by asking that, but like, I feel like he added me on, on Facebook one time. I started seeing, you know, just his name pop up and then, um, he adds me in the, the group chat with y'all. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, wow, he's like a whole, like, he's 
doing stuff, putting candy productions together. He's doing podcasts. He's doing all sorts of stuff. Like, am I missing something? <laughs> so Nick Rude, um, he's shout out Nick. Yeah, shout out Nick, my grand little. Um, him and I actually were in Find Me Alpha together. We, that's how I met Nick. And um, in what Find Me Alpha, our music fraternity. Oh, oh, so, okay, music so, fraternity. Yeah, so. Uh, our fan philanthropy is to advance music in America, just oh, American music and whatnot. Neat. So, um, whatever that may be or constitute, but um, we were in that, and then he joined the. I think he's always been a music business major or music ed. I don't really remember, but music business major at UTA, and then I is just he younger than us. Oh yeah, he's twenty one or twenty two. <gasps> I think. Oh, he's young. Yeah, he's a wow. young. He's a youngin, but he's he's hungry and he's yeah. like, going at it, and I mean. He was kind of my drive to get a church position, like aim for a church job. Because I was like, I like this. This is great. Because I subbed for him one day. And um, Nick did pop out of nowhere, kind of in a sense, for a lot of people. <laughs> but like at the same time, Nick has always been around. But he's always just like kind of hanging around and learning and like okay. doing stuff. And I thought you were going to say lurking. Lurking. <laughs> no. Well, he does lurk. I know. Um, but he's been always busting it. And not a lot of people have noticed it up until now. Because now he's starting to make his actions and his motives like clear and yeah. known to others and he's just he's a great kid man I, I love him to death and he's awesome and he's I love the fire because oh, I think yeah, that puts yeah. a fire under us oh yeah because then he's as, as we're chatting through this like he's been texting me like hey like I have I have three text messages from my girlfriend and I have five from Nick so <laughs> Nick and I are just trying to figure stuff out I want and just answering his questions anything he can ask or like he's even teaching me stuff and that's just amazing and incredible the kid is amazing but um he's doing just a lot of stuff like candy productions like they are when it comes to like paying artists like he's like i'm paying the bands out of pocket wow. he's like i'm it's my own money and yeah. like that's that's honorable of him and like yeah that's great not a lot of people would do that and whatnot and i mean yeah nick rude garrett and eli i remember they were doing quite a bit of stuff um, I think I'm not, I haven't spoken to them too much about what they got going on, but I know they, they've done quite a bit for the Arlington music scene and, you know, I ran sound for them that one time and I, they paid me as the engineer and like, wow. that, was, that was very nice and yeah. whatnot. And, um, you know, that's kind of the issues is that we're not, you know, growl does offer people like to pay that, um, you can ask for a cover fee and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I've always been weary of it because that'll deter people from coming and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword, as we said. So yeah, I feel like there should be a just speaking about pay again. I feel like there yeah. should be a set pay that it's like, okay, for all Arlington musicians, this is what y'all are paying, just so people don't get lowballed. Yeah, if we don't talk openly about pay, then you know these new upcoming artists like they're gonna take anything, which you know, which is fine. But you gotta also, at some point, know your worth. Yeah. I don't know. I always think, like... Five bucks seems, like, approachable, but at the same time, like, five bucks can also be really annoying because it's like, oh, I don't have a five on me. I don't, I don't carry cash. That's where cash out yeah, and, like, and so I get a Venmo, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. But then it's like... Then you also gotta think about, like, okay, but it's five too little because then, like, if you have a five piece, like... Yeah, exactly. But it depends on the band. Ugh. And then it's like, yeah, okay... Yeah, I guess that's where it gets hard to yeah, have the set rate. It deviates way too much and... It does. I don't know. I, I always say, like, if it was ever up to me, ten bucks. I think ten bucks yeah. is fair. And then, I mean, you can... Fifteen is, like, kind of getting fair but also pushing it. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I wholeheartedly agree. But then thirteen <laughs> is just a weird number to have. It's yeah. like, 
covers 13 bucks. Like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. But it, it's it's just really odd, and I think that it's one of those things where if the community comes together, it's like, hey, like, what do we think is fair? Like, what can yeah. we do to make this a real actual thing and whatnot? Yeah, that's so, true. Having an know. open forum about it. Yeah, and I mean, like, so Nick Rude and I are working on another production company. It's Frio Live, and um, our main thing will be like paying artists. Like, that's the biggest yeah. thing is that we will say like, hey, these are the two packages that we offer. Like, you'll get X amount from the venue. Like, we'll speak with the venue, like, see if we can get this deal done for you. Or it'll be a $5 cover charge or whatnot, or $10 cover charge or whatnot. So, like, we'll offer those packages to, like, be able to make sure they get paid and make sure that everyone involved is being treated fairly and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like, just have the best show. Because, I mean, like, I don't doubt my skills. I don't doubt his skills in video, audio, or anything of that sort. But, like, I want to make sure they have a great experience. They have a great show. And ultimately just have fun yeah and get paid of course exactly <laughs> exactly have fun and get paid um so with with your like your personal music and audio aspirations um as far as with arlington do you plan on staying in arlington or do you plan on venturing out so that's something jade and i have spoken about a lot mm-hmm. i would be open to leaving arlington at some point um I, w- I would like to at some point in my life. Um, but, you know, her and I have these aspirations for our businesses and whatnot. And mine is to open up a venue in Arlington. In the oh, next wow. three to five years, I wow. want to... Three years kind of the... Really the maximum, but I have to be realistic with it. But I mm-hmm. want to own my own concert venue. I want to own a venue. I want to own something here in town to give back to my community in a way that I, I know I can do it as best as possible. That's not going to undercut the musicians and I'm not going to undercut the people there like it needs to be encapsulating for everyone yes essentially so uh, if that happens probably not I probably won't leave yeah, for a good while, for a while yeah. um, so I don't know oh, I love that I would like I think if I'm in, in a, a good position as well I think I'd like to be an investor in that just yeah. kind of <laughs> just putting it out there for you um, but yeah it's like we're I think me and you, we're the same age. So we're yeah. at that age where it's like, let's let's plan our roots. And I think we're the new generation of business owners. Yes. You know what I mean? Wholeheartedly. So that's great. Um, uh, let's see here. So with, um, with Arlington, we, you know, we've talked about just, I think, just building that community, build like how we are trying to so much and put so much out there for artists and you know and of course it's symbiotic they're they're doing things for us you know y'all are creating music for us so i see like personally and i've talked to other artists who say the exact same thing but um in arlington it seems like there's just a stronger sense of community and you know overall collaboration would you agree on that yeah no of course and i mean that's i i would agree with that wholeheartedly up and down left and right down and center and whatnot um there is a sense of community where uh, lottie he (laughs) posted on facebook one day and asked if somebody can fix his parents sink in their front door and at the drop of a hat i was like i can go do that i saw that i was like wow that is so random like uh, it was so it's non-music related and i was like that's so cool that (laughs) and i went and did it and i mean like Wow. I, I messed up on one little thing, but I went back the next morning and fixed Aww. it. But um, yeah, I mean, 
it's just one of those things where I, I like do we're family. Yeah, it's like, I do drop. I, Lottie and I, I think have had maybe one or two conversations, but Kayla and I used to his girlfriend oh. and I used to work together. Oh, cool. And uh, that's how I kind of got with them a little bit more. Nice. But you know, I do drop a hat. Like that's awesome. And it's one of those things where I think I I, I don't I can't speak out any other city, but I don't think that that's as strong as that. And, yeah, I there was another scenario too. It was um Kane Vincent. He was playing at um at a, a bar and then he had just messaged you know or posted somewhere like hey does anyone have an extra mic um cord or something like that and then pat went to go and just drop off his to let him borrow and like i think that's just so cool just that we can do that in our community yeah that we, we borrow each other's um gear and you know there's no it's not like you know it's not weird yeah it's no just, no it's, it's it's a community and i mean like yeah we get so in a world in the digital age we become so egocentric that like sometimes we mm. lose our thought as like a community and i think that's disheartening but at the same time i mean it's yeah it's heartwarming to know that like we are something that's bigger than just ourselves yeah and so with that sense of community like we got it on lock we just yep. need to get paid yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the really money, what it is yeah and i mean that I, I wholeheartedly agree like just the money thing is like if we can figure out something to get paid a little bit extra on yeah. this or that end it's like hey, we can't do this, but we can do this as an alternative. And like, I don't know what the alternative would be as of right now, but if something can be promoted as an alternative, like, yeah, maybe, I don't know, but you, let, you can leave your CDs. I don't, yeah. I don't know if anybody listens to CDs. I mean, I do. I know I have a whole wall of CDs uh-huh. and, um, it's actually a funny thing. Jade and I, she loves Taylor Swift and oh, really? she was this, I think it was Evermore's new album. And she was like, listen to it on the, her, Pod, or listen to it on her phone through Bluetooth, and I was like, "Hey, let me buy you the CD. It's gonna sound so much better." <laughs> and now she listens to the CD and is like, "That just sounds so good." I'm like, "Yeah, CDs That's are awesome." Funny. That's funny. <laughs> so, do you think there? Uh, well, let me ask you this first: Is there more that you would like to see from from the community as far as music? Any wishes that you have? Man, you know, the East West, or I'm not the the festival, the main festival in May. I think that's a great idea. Oh yeah. Um. I've been trying to get in contact with Arlington Music Hall. Mm-hmm. I've had this wild and crazy idea, and uh, I, spoke, I spoke to Mark Jokel about it, and um, that kind of fizzled out for a sec, so like I'm going to have to hunt Mark down and whatnot. I used to actually work with his daughter, Hannah Jokel, at uh, the runner shop. Okay. But um, this crazy wild idea, and then I pitched to John. John didn't reel me back in or not, so I think it was a good idea. It was um, a 24-hour... Um, Musicathon, like just to oh, drive wow. and to help fund the um, the Arlington Life Shelter. Yes. Like that was a big thing that I really wanted to help with was the Arlington Life yeah. Shelter, Mission Arlington, and whatnot. I wanted to do that in September, October, so the money that we do get from that, so we can support those families coming up for the holidays, so they yeah. can have food. Wow. I just want to give as much money as I can to like those places because like I can donate money, but like my two hundred bucks or three hundred dollars, whatever I can throw in can go so far yeah. but like if other people if i can get like 500 people donating 200 bucks yeah. like boom like exactly let's get these turkeys let's get these hams let's get these mashed potatoes to these families let's have them have a christmas because yeah. like when my mother and i moved here from kansas like we didn't have anything my mom got our washer and dryer from the salvation army mm-hmm. in 2001 mm-hmm. and blessed them for that 50 dollars for both of them i wow. think and like we still have them to this day like they oh, still wow. work so oh, like wow. it's those little things yeah. and I want to that's the community I, I want to show that the community can do something bigger than just 
music and whatnot. Yes. So that's oh my something. gosh. I, I truly love that. It's true. Like, seriously, we have very similar stories, you know, growing up. Both of us are, you know, children of immigrants. And um, so same for, for me. Like, that's what I want. I want to be able to give back as well. Um, but like you said, you know, like I do donate. But like you said, like you, our, our single monetary donation can only go so far. But I do like that. I love that. So, um, like, are you said you've been talking to, to Mark? So I spoke to Mark it? about it, and uh, the, my idea was possibly, you know, Arlington Music Hall, but sadly he said he wasn't involved with them anymore. Okay. And um, I can't find an email on their website to contact Arlington Music Hall. I think that would just be are a they, very good spot. Are they closed? Like, what is the point of paying? First of all, what's the point of paying rent if y'all aren't going to have anything going on? That's, that's, that's just... the thing, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, and I mean, if the venue is open... For, if it's up for sale and yeah. I mean that's something I maybe oh. you know I would rather go take that or under management when I would love to go and work with them on something yeah um, next day I have off who knows I may just go knock on the front door and see yeah. what I can do but you know I've been trying to get in contact with that I think about the growl but I think about the issues with growl could be that it's still connected to a bar so maybe an issue like it needs oh. to be closed by two same with Jekyll's has to close by midnight in some cases. What about that create space Arlington? Does? So I spoke to Mark, but he said that some issues that may come about is like he's still open for their patrons and whatnot during the oh, day. Doesn't okay. want that live, that aggressive noise and music kind of playing. So. so let me ask you this. This is just open conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, what if artists pitched in to rent out a space? That was my thought process. For a month. Right, like yeah. if we can do that, just like because they 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 lease by the month, so we could all just pitch in for a month. We can do whatever we want for a full month. Yeah, and I mean set up and you know do your streaming and whatnot. And I mean that's that's the thing is that then it goes back to money, and that's the other aspect that I'm a little nervous about is like who will be able to volunteer their time to like do this. Mm-hmm. And I hate to throw him under the bus, but I know Nick is. But <laughs> uh- <laughs> uh, Nick would love to do it, and I mean I've talked to him about it. You know. Yeah. We, I just need to find a way to do it. Um, I've thought about it pretty thoroughly, you know, 24 artists, that could be bands, that could be this or that, and it's just 24 hours, 45 minute sets, 15 wow. minute changeovers, ads in between each of them to allow just ads and whatnot, essentially, yeah. and then something of a sort, people chatting in between and whatnot. So That's cool. finding a way to do that and helping, mm. getting the news involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that. So, um, can you, can you talk about like why you think it's so important to have more of that community outreach? So the company that I work for, we at the hotel, we have at least for my team is it one time was like a fifty person team. Okay. And it was a lot easier to work with those people when we helped each other. You're much more willing to help one another once you have a sense of community. Like we're all in this together. Like we've been here for 19 hours, but like we're in this together. <laughs> like it's a super long day, but we're here 19 hours yeah. a day together. And when it comes to the music scene, it's like we all have this common craft of like we want to put on the best show. We want to create the best music for these people. So let's just build a community together. Because if Pat asked me, "Hey, can you come help me paint my roof?" or not paint your roof? Sorry, I don't. <laughs> Maybe help me put shingles on the roof. I would be over here in a heartbeat. I don't know how to do it, but I'd watch videos yeah. on YouTube all night to figure out oh, how to do it properly. And just like when John had the bar, like when he bought the bar, he's like, hey, we're going to paint the bar. Um, I was over there in a heartbeat painting. 
And then John said, go outside and do something else. You're not a very good painter, but that's a whole nother thing. So <laughs> I'm not open for painting apparently, but um, it's just a sense of community. Like there's just people that will drop, it, mm. it do things, drop a hat and they're much more willing to help one another. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a support system and a network that needs to be around. Cause I mean, Jade and I've spoken about, you know, like small groups with churches and whatnot. Like, you know, you go through these experiences with these people you know, like, hey, we're pregnant. I'm like, oh, you're pregnant. Jay and I are not pregnant. Uh, yeah. Put that down there right now. <laughs> we are not pregnant. Saying an example, y'all. <laughs> yeah, just an example. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, but like, you know, if you're in that community and they're like, oh, we're going through um, a rough patch in our marriage, or whatever. Another, okay, yeah. Then you work through that as a community. But we have music as our centerfold and say, like, hey, that should already be a catalyst just for creativity and just that and whatnot. If it's like, I need help with. I got a flat tire on the side of the highway because someone could be there in a minute mm. or some of that sort. I'm just thinking it's like not only just music, but like a sense of family and community in that okay. case. And I think that helps okay. with even just writing your music and whatnot. And wow. So. Yeah, I love that. I love that just overall, you know, very uh, benevolent side of, of where you want your, your career to go. Um, as far as with Frio Trio, are there any projects that you have that... Um, that y'all y'all plan on on doing that that go to a specific cause or a purpose as of right now we don't have anything that's philanthropy wise not anything in that sort right now i mean the biggest thing is playing shows to help bring to help some of these small businesses and companies that have not done too well during covid and whatnot like that's our biggest thing is we're all local business we're all for that wholeheartedly up and down um that's kind of our biggest thing so yeah, I mean, projects-wise, I mean, we're kind of in the process of recording a new EP. Oh, um, ooh, we're we're gonna start. Yeah, we're gonna start that at the end of April. Okay. And uh, maybe like a September release. So. So EP, um, those are EPs are extend no extended plays. Extended plays yeah. are they the ones that are less than ten songs or something like that? No, EPs? not really in sense. Not in a sense. It's just like the um just. Just like a little addition one. Like oh, okay. So I always got confused with EP and LP because I know LP's long, long play. But long what play. is the difference? Um, so an and LP, why is it not an album? Okay, these these are new questions, y'all. <laughs> so this is what I've always interpreted: is an album would be like a full length album, like production wise, like everything's done at that one time period and whatnot. Okay. Um, an LP, you know, it's kind of the same thing as an album. It's LP album, mm-hmm. kind of synonymous, interchangeable okay, words. Okay. An EP, some people will do it as like. It's not a single, but you want to have like a couple extra, like two, a smaller release and whatnot. Okay. Okay. And um, gotcha. we we want to stick to the EP kind of format just because um, there's with Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, SoundCloud, there's no format anymore. Like we're not signed to a label. We don't have to release mm-hmm. an album. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to do this or that. Like oh, well, we just yeah. want to put out three songs and like if we can do that, like here's some new music. Here's this. Or here's that. Like mm-hmm. we have songs recorded mm-hmm. we have demos but like we don't want to put them out like we've thought about putting demos on soundcloud just for people to go and listen or oh, sorry on bandcamp and whatnot but that's really it you know an ep is just like a smaller album yeah kind of the best way to put it just a little taste and whatnot like we, we like that I, we find that that format works a little better also with our schedules because like we can't dedicate four weeks to go into a studio and like mm-hmm. eight hours here eight hours and just doing that like that's just a lot yeah Especially if we have jobs. Like right. we, I can't, like, hey, I gotta take the week off. I gotta go record. Yeah, exactly. I gotta go <laughs> track some bass for a week. 
Okay, cool, cool. Well, I'm excited for y'all's upcoming EP then. Uh, you said y'all are going to start recording in April? We're going to start the process in April, um, pre-production. So. When are we looking to possibly hear it? August, September, maybe? Okay, cool. August, September, you know, it kind of depends. You know, we got... We have some stuff we got to work through, you know. Okay. Colby, our drummer, is getting married oh. next month, so. Okay, congratulations, Sam. Yeah, and Jade and I, we're going to move in together. John and Colby. Ooh. Not John and Colby. Colby and, um, not Colby, goodness gracious. Uh, John <laughs> and his lady friend, Kimberly, oh. they will be moving. So, like, we just got a lot of change going on for nice. all of us yeah, right yeah. now. So, like, we're, we're trying to figure that out. Ben's still in school, so we need okay. to, like, we have to be mindful of that and whatnot. Yeah. So, a lot of life changes going on for yeah. the three of us. So we're trying to just see what we can do feasibly. Kind of see that first, and then once it kind of yeah, yeah. So we're just gonna easier. we're gonna do demos at the end of the month, like serious demos, and yeah, we'll see okay. from there. Cool. Well, I I appreciate you talking to me today. Like that was you know really great conversation yeah, for, no. for everything. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing. Of all course, of that. no, thank you. Before we close out, you know, um, a couple more things I wanna um I wanna talk about is where can we find you and your band on social media what are your your tags so on social media for frio trio it's at frio trio music uh that is all of our frio stuff and for me it's just at emilio j calderon so that's kind of where you can find us on spotify apple music everything um i haven't checked limewire i don't want to lose another (laughs) computer but um we are on pandora we funny enough if you guys the first person to do a tiktok with a frio trio song we can see we can get you like a free shirt or something (gasps) yeah we we have them on uh apple music not on apple music on tiktok i don't even know why i made a tiktok but i made a tiktok to like (laughs) see if our music is on there and it is so wow wow i just want to go on tiktok (laughs) and do something with it i don't know that's awesome So what, um, you want to plug in the upcoming shows that you have coming up? Yeah. So we actually are going to take a break after, um, our last show for this season, I guess right now we're going to do a show in, um, March 27th at Lakewood Shopping Center in Pantego, Texas. Uh, if you want to go to Dr. Jekyll's, they can tell you a little bit more of where it's going to be. Okay. Uh, yeah, just let them know. And then we'll have all that information soon. Candy Productions will be putting that on. So that's. Uh, Kimberly Lopez, Nick Rude, and uh, Darius. I f- Darius, I forgot your last name, dude. I'm so sorry. sorry. But um, yeah, those guys, it's a great production company. They are doing some great stuff. So right now it's uh, Freo Trio, Sly Fungi, and we are waiting on one other artist to be released soon. So we'll let you guys know about that soon enough. Nice. And then what is your Cash App slash Venmo slash PayPal so people can donate? Okay, let me okay. see. While you look that up, I'm going to talk about Dr. Jekyll's um, that was actually the first open mic event that um, that Pat took me to, where he performed, and I think that's where I don't know if you were there, but I met um, I met uh, John, and I was like, oh cool, this guy that I'm like talking to is like in in the music scene. <laughs> <laughs> John, I mean, John is John is a uh, I don't think a lot of people know about it, but John like was in a pretty big band, a psych rock band in Fort, in Dallas for a long time. Uh, oh. Monoculture. They moved to Chicago recently. And, oh wow. Um, John is a phenomenal musician, mm-hmm. self-taught a lot of ways, and wow. like I think a lot of people don't really like fully understand. And I mean, John hasn't. Yeah. John is not a very uh, he has self- a very uh, quiet demeanor. Yes. So I would say that might be why. <laughs> yeah, he's not very. He's not self devolved Like he's he doesn't really talk about himself too much. Yeah, and, Like yeah. he's such a humble gentleman, but yeah. like he, yeah, he does great. not say much about him. But John is John is a powerhouse, and not a lot of people know about wow. him. But so low key powerhouse. Yes. 
So uh, my PayPal is at EJ Calderon, C-A-L-D-E-R-O-N-5. So that is my PayPal. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. I'm so, looking at this this name, y'all. So my cash app, <laughs> my cash app is an homage to one of my favorite pro wrestlers. Uh, it is dollar sign Latino Heat 5. <laughs> the number 5. Uh, the number 5, yes. Viva uh, <laughs> La Rasa, Eddie Guerrero. And oh then my, my, pay, my sorry, my Venmo is a lot easier. That's at Emilio hyphen Calderon. So. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, yes, if you want to um, support EJ and his ventures and his band, feel free to, to shoot him some, some cash because it seems like he's going to use that just to put back in the community. So um, lastly, I have another question for you. <laughs> what words of advice do you have for anyone out there that's studying audio engineering or forming a band, you know, based on all of your experiences as a young 20 year old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, as an audio engineer, what I would recommend doing is finding somewhere to shadow someone. Don't say you want to be an audio engineer. You know, I would recommend just going out there and just seeing what you can do, finding jobs, odd jobs here and there, watching YouTube videos and just learning as much as you can um heck if you're listening to this and you want to learn more like contact me i'll show you like all that i know i don't know everything in the world but i know i know a fraction of it and i would love to show you what i learned and maybe we can learn something together um youtube is your friend look up consoles look up all this fun stuff look up bands and then look up just their sometimes you can look up their technical writers online and wonder like how does lincoln park set up for their shows (laughs) and whatnot ripchester but um, that in that regard, that's what I recommend. Just learning as much as you can. So like wow. when you get to a job or like something like that, um, there's going to be one day where you're just going to be asked like, hey, can you do this? You're like, yeah, you can do it. And you either can or you can't. And if you can't, that's even better because then you realize you don't know as much as you do and you can learn more. You, It's a humbling process. And I mean, that happened to me uh, <laughs> two years ago and I'm still haunted by it because, you know, I'm... <laughs> Uh, I'm very disappointed in myself, but like I still think about that. I'm like, I have to be better than that every single day for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. And then if you're wanting to be in a band, like the best thing that I'd ever recommend is just finding people that are as passionate as you are. And ultimately, at the end of the day, just have fun and love the people that you're with and love your art, love your craft, be proud of yourself. Um, because at the end of the day, dude, it's it's you. It's your music. Be proud of what you want to do. So. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for those wise words. Um, yeah, I appreciate you even just saying like, you know, reach out to me. So if, if someone were to want to reach out to you, how would they find you? Just on social media or social your email? Media, social media. Yeah. Um, email is good, but sometimes I've learned that my junk is starting, like my junk drive is starting to get like a lot more peculiar about things. So just Facebook message me, Instagram message oh. me like um, both of those are at Emilio J. Calderon. So yeah, I'm I'm always open to chat to chat and just nice. tell you anything as long as you're not trying to sell me like herbal life or something like that. I don't I don't want herbal life. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, EJ, again for for speaking with me today. It's seriously been such a huge pleasure. Um, and please make sure to follow him, um, his social medias, and and Frio Trio on their um, on their pages, and hit him up if y'all need really an audio engineer or a band or just you know an ear um and (laughs) make sure to um to like rate and subscribe to my podcast tape this that y'all are listening on stay tuned for the next episode that i have in april with another artist um and as always stay
stay safe, spread love and light anywhere you can. And we'll see y'all next time. Bye.